Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter and of course follow the group at UK Packers. And the thing is, you can hear me smiling. You can hear it in me old Irish brogue, can't you? Peter, what's going on buddy? Doesn't Zombie Monday feel so good? <laughs> I'm like you Steve, other than being absolutely somewhat um, tired, as, as we all are. Just um, yeah. huge, huge smiles, just... Just very, very happy. I've run out of adjectives to describe the way that I feel, but it's just a mar- marvelous Monday and a wonderful feeling. And <laughs> onto the NFC Championship game, and it's just, it's just so exciting. I can almost hear birds flying around your head. You know what I mean? I can almost see. You're almost like Julie Andrews just dancing down some road, uh, whatever movies Julie Andrews is in. Was always happy and involved, singing and umbrellas. So, Peter, um, we're here uh, through thick and thin. Thick and tin. You see, that's the thing, right? I'm Irish. Maybe it's the tin, the tin man. Maybe it's the, it's the yellow brick road and all that coming in. Or maybe it's just because I'm he- so Irish and I don't put H's where I put T's. And I don't do the, I do te. That's true, right? But, I mean, the thing is, we do, we've do. we been here now since, for how long? I mean, you know, the one thing we have is persistence. I'm working, and January's mental for me, 12, 13 hour days. And I don't exaggerate. And I know what was me. And I should really be playing Sarah McLaughlin right now uh, because it's terribly sad. But we've done this for five years. We're determined. And, you know, we're here for you. And it's easier to be here, I guess. God, how poxy would this be if we were here after losing? Because Russell Wilson kept flushing out right all the time. <laughs> kept getting first downs. Well- yeah, I, yeah, no, absolutely, and I, and I guess I'm the bandwagon jumper. You know, you and you and Ryan got this thing going, mm. and as the Packers got closer to the Super Bowl, I just jumped on your podcast bandwagon. Yeah, I mean, Ryan is obviously tied up in your closet, and he's not going out again. But that's <laughs> fine because I believe you've added quite a lot to this podcast. We are determined, is what I say. And here's the thing: when it gets to the playoffs. We are so good at analysis, I have to say, right? I'm, I'm blowing me on trumpet. But um, when it gets to the playoffs, the Packers, to me, are going to win every game. And I put it out there, and this is the yum, 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 yum part, is I put it out on Twitter to say the Packers are going to win this Sunday against the Seahawks. I'm just going to say it now, ahead of time. And, of course, you get the trolls, don't you? Who come up to it? Well, right? And this guy came up and said, that's not going to happen. And then it's a yum, 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 because we did and we won. And what do you do in that situation, Peter? I mean, apart from getting on the podcast, yum, 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 right? Do you go back to that person and try, give them a bit of what's what? Or do you take the high road? I'm sure you take the high road, Peter, for sure. I take the high road, Steve. But of course I sit, you do. I sit, I sit and, and I'm very smug. It's a very smug <laughs> high road I'm, take, I'm yeah. taking at that point. Yeah, and you print out the tweet and you hang it on your wall and stuff, but the person <laughs> never it. knows. Yeah. <laughs> You've got a secret room full of tweets where you were right. So, this the thing. Are, you know what? I kind of want to go into Clown of the Week already, but I just won't. Give us Peter Jones' flavor of your emotions, the roller coaster that it was, and the game as it unfolded and unfurled in front of your English eyes. Well, I think that... Yeah, the, the, the Packers came out fast. You know, the Aaron Jones ran on the... I want to say it's the first, first or second play from scrimmage, the 33-yard run. Just, it just got them going straight, straight away. And, and you always felt, as the Packers have done in lots of games this season, that they've won, that they've come out and scored, you know, on their first drive, started quickly. And when they did that, it stopped 
stopped the Seahawks and then scored again. It just felt so good at that point. Mm. Um, and you couldn't, you couldn't have asked for a better, a better start to the game. And the worst thing you'd have wanted was them to come out, go three and out. Russell leads them down the field and you're seven, nothing behind and stuff like that. So it couldn't, it couldn't have start. It couldn't have started better. And, and you knew that Russell was going to bring the Seahawks back, you know, because that's the way, that's the way that he is. And that's the way that they, the way that they play. And other than, you know, Lamar Jackson, if you like, Russell's the, the, the most dangerous quarterback in the NFL, because he can beat you on, you know, any play and, you know, he can extend plays and any play where it looks like it's dead, he's, he's still liable to, to, to get a huge gain or even throw a touchdown. So, so you always felt that they were going to come back into it. Um, but, you know, twice the Packers had that 18 point lead, but as, as, as the Seahawks kept coming back and get kept coming back and midway through the fourth quarter, there was just that, there was a sense of a sinking feeling for a, for a little while there where you felt it's not going to happen again, is it? It's please tell me that it's not going to happen again. You know, that it's not going to, it's not going to be that we've jumped out to this huge lead and somehow or other the Seahawks find a way to win this game. But as the Packers have done all season long, as the defense has done all season long, they've get, they gave up the yards. They gave up some points yesterday, but when they had to make the play, they made the play, you know, and, and Smith's four sacks between them yesterday, and they came up with the plays when they had to have them. And it was just, I, I guess you could look now and say it was just meant to be. It was meant to be that Jimmy Graham would have the game that he had and that he would catch that that pass that would that would secure the, the game, if you like, run out the clock. And it was just it was just fan, it was just fantastic. And as much as I've been critical of, you know, Aaron Rodgers, particularly his performance in the Detroit game a couple of weeks ago, he was fantastic. Yeah. You know, there was one or two plays perhaps early on or midway through the through the first half that um you felt that there was a, an open guy to dump the ball off to or Adams over the middle on a, on a slant early on that, that he seemed to miss. But other than that, I mean, he played as good a game probably as we've seen him play in a pressure situation for for three three or four years. Yeah, it was amazing. Those throws, Pete, I mean, that was old yep. school, Aaron Rodgers. And it was. The thing is, is this is what we do here. You know, you're not going to come on. It's not a, this podcast isn't a hagiography to, to Aaron Rodgers where we bow down and say everything's fantastico. Like there's times where he has been really poor and there's times where his fundamentals have looked off. I mean, remember, yeah, was it the Detroit yep. game where yeah, he yeah. was overthrowing everybody and like yep. it was just a real obvious stuff. Whereas it's just a phenomenal game. Like some of those passes he did. And in fact, in fairness to him, he came out and even remarked that a couple of those amazing throws, one in particular, uh, was behind. I think he was talking about the Devontae Adams throw where he kind of threw it a little bit behind him. It wasn't a great throw, but it ended up being a great play because Devontae Adams sort of adjusted. A really interesting thing that came out of Aaron Rodgers' press conference after as well was is he said he had a couple of those moments with Devontae where... Um, they hadn't spoke about the, you know, the route changing or whatever, but he was yep. able to read Devontae Adams' body language and kind of instinctively knew where he'd go. And he said he hasn't had that since the connection with Jordy. So, like, as good as Devontae Adams is, and as much as he makes Ocho Cinco cry, um, the thing is, with his footwork, and that's the thing, even Aaron Rodgers said, like, he was on, like, his footwork was on, and Aaron Rodgers felt locked in from Wednesday onwards. Like, as good as he is, and as good as the connection already is, and as much as Aaron Rodgers looks for him anyway, 
like if they're getting the Geordie style connection, well then RIP the rest of the league because that's just phenomenal stuff. Um, that type of connection as well, and some really inventive stuff as well. I like that play to Alan Lazard where, um, and even the comms said it at the time. They don't know how he got the ball to Alan Lazard on that run. I think it only ended up going for five yards. Yeah. So I wasn't that spectacular, yeah. but just the sort of acting there, and as well as that, one of the best things I've ever seen in my life happened, where Zalari Smith got a sack. And then crawled along the ground, did a really <laughs> frantic looking yum yum num num again that yum 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 one of those, and then got up and did a thing, and that is now one of the fa- my favorite memories that I have in my life. Uh, you know, and there's some have some great stuff. You know, like kids and achievements and all that kind of stuff. They're all fantastic. I'm not saying this is better by any means, but it's in the top ten of things that I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, uh, there was just so, there was just so much so much to be applauded about last night. You know, even even in a game where. It was close, and you know they won by less than a score. You look across the board, and there's so many names that you could pick out of of who played particularly, you know, very fine games. As you know, mentioned Rogers. You've talked about Devonte Adams, Jimmy Jimmy Graham. Mm. Um, the offensive line as a as a whole. I know that there was one or two plays early um, where Jenkins was was picked out as yeah. as you know missing a block and what have you. But but generally speaking, the offensive line was was pretty damn good last night you know big kudos to to Vald here if if that's how you pronounce his name for stepping in at right tackle for for the eel brian balaga the offensive line was was really good the, the two smith all the way across the all the way across the board was a you know it was a really 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 good performance and and what a time for it all to start you know to come together if 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 you like and the courage too, Pete, because you meant the players that we saw go down, right? And yep. like Preston Smith went down, that looked concerning. And the hand went up and then all of a sudden they're back out in the game. Chandon Sullivan got a, he was phenomenal in the night, by the way. I was really impressed by him. Um, but Marshawn Lynch, Lynch got a, a bad knock on his ribs and then he goes out, but then he's back in the game. So, you know, we gritted it out. And in fact, how great is it that Valtteri was able to come in? And again, let me go back to the press conference with Aaron Rodgers. Um, they had a little gag where Rodgers apparently said to him during the game, like, dude, you were retired. You know, and now you're going to go to the NFC Championship game or whatever, or you're playing in a playoff game, I think he said to him. And he said, yeah, well, I remember your first game in Chicago. I was in the stands watching it. And he was like, oh, fair enough. So, like, you know, it's just all the dynamic. It's so funny, isn't it, really? And then the the sort of the post-match thing, Stacey Dales did an interview with Sadari Smith that I tweeted out from the group account saying, you know, this guy's special. And he's just crying at the end of the game. And in the middle of it, a Seahawks player comes up and wants to shake his hand and give him a hug and say congrats, even though they got waxed. You know, and that's that's the measure of the man that he is. And there's just something different about this Packers team. And someone said it. I don't know who said it. I, I don't think it was you, Pete. But um, someone said, and I think it was someone actually with knowledge of uh, the inner workings of the team. I don't know where I heard it again. Someone will say it and someone will scream at the radio, but that the team never got over that NFC Championship game. They never got over the loss, uh, the, the the just sheer devastation. And it's only this year that the Packers have actually managed to shake off the ghost of that game and to be able to do something. And what a fitting way to do it as well, Pete, to meet Seattle in the playoffs, uh, to go up to that heavy lead, to, to get them crawl their way back into it, like so reminiscent of that nightmare, but still yeah. sum up the courage to get over that challenge and move on to the next game. Oh, abs- ab- ab- absolutely. And, and you know, it's a, it's a, good, a good Seattle team you've beaten with, like I say, one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL, one of the most dangerous quarterbacks in the NFL. 
and you can only take a lot of a pride from 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 that but a lot of heart and a lot of belief that whoever you play next and it happens to be the 49s but whoever you play next you've got a shot at beating them no matter how good they may be and that's that's all at this stage of the season that's all you can hope for is that you're still playing and that, and that you're you're in with a a pretty damn good chance and that's all you can hope for. And and here's the thing as well, P. Right, and I don't understand how this is um, seen as a bad thing. How many times have you heard that this is the worst thirteen and three team in the regular season? Blah blah blah. Right. And again, like certain stuff is warranted, you know, like we've got deficiencies ever, but this is what I don't understand. I think there needs to be a bit of a perspective change. To me, this is how I look at it anyway. Right. So with the receiver core, we have Devontae Adams. Uh, Jimmy Graham couldn't do anything for forever. Um, and then we've the likes of Gmo, MVS, you know, not not getting really up to a whole lot. Alan Lazard showed flashes. Jay Kumaro, who is the MVP of training camp. Um, but they can't do anything. We've got one wide receiver, right, that everyone knows about. And, you know, if it's any other team, you just lock him down. They can't lock Devontae Adams down. Uh, we've got a running back. Jamal Williams is fantastic, and but he was he it really showed that he was used in relief last night for Aaron Jones. And even when Aaron Jones' runs weren't working, we just kept going to him, and rightly so. And we ended up getting purchased. He comes in with two touchdowns, right? So really, we have one sort of dynamite running back. We've a quarterback who uh, can be hot and cold, which we saw with the overthrows in that Detroit game, and then he comes back and has a performance like this and proves everybody wrong and all the rest. Blake Martinez. We, we've basically got no one at inside linebacker. Blake Martinez is always doing his best. Um, comes up for heavy criticism. I've given him plenty of criticism in this podcast this year. He's really frustrated me uh, for how far off he plays. Kevin King, I, had, I felt, had brain fart moments. Um, you know, we've some greatness on the defensive line. Uh, you know, the Smiths, we could talk about those all day. You know, and J.K. Scott started off fantastic, waned a little bit, and then comes back into it again. Mason Crosby is just Mason Crosby. He's a legend, right? But what I'm saying is, is we have massive holes on the roster yet we're in the nfc championship game so i mean what do we expect here you know and all of this stuff about like oh you know it's disappointing it's the worst team blah 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 and they've just been going by the skirt of their arse here to get into this uh game and they don't deserve it this is a team playing with gaping holes on the roster that will hopefully be filled in the off season how amazing is it that this sort of team can grit it out get that family atmosphere and drag themselves into the NFC Championship game. I just think it's a it's a feat of amazement and not of derision. Oh, it's 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 absolutely fantastic and and it just goes to show, doesn't it? I mean, you know, there'd be very few people who could honestly put their hands on their heart and say I would have expected this to happen before the season yeah, season started. You know, I certainly didn't. You know, I I didn't think they'd make the playoffs. You know, I thought this was an 8 and 8 9 and 9 and 7 team. Um but I think it just goes to show that, you know, if you can get that, whatever you want to call it, within the locker room, that that camaraderie, whatever the word is, um, spirit, um, whatever whatever it is, you get the pe- people in the locker room with the right attitude, um, it, you know, it can it can overcome a lot of things, and they've pr- and they've proved and they've proved that it they've proved that it can and. And it, and it also begs the question about some of the data and analytics that's out there. Mm. And, you know, and, and, and I'm a big analytics guy, but but you, you know you have to use all of that stuff in context because the Packers have given up a lot of yards. Their third down percentage is not great. Their third down percentage on defense is not great. The yards per play is not great. All of that stuff that you would typically think would lead to 
a different record, you know, not a 13-3 and three record. They've proven wrong, and I, I don't, they've done that a lot by, similar to what happened yesterday, they've made the plays when they've had to make them. You know, the guys step up when they have to make the play. Yeah, even Jimmy Graham yesterday, three or four fantastic plays when they had to be made. Yeah. You know, it's one thing making a, you know, a fantastic one-handed grab, you know, on, you know, you make a 15-yard one-handed reception on on third and 25. Mm. Yeah, that's all looks, it looks great and it looks great in the stats, but it don't count for diddly squat. But coming up with those key receptions when the game really matters, the key sacks, when, when when you have to have them, or Rogers making those key throws when you really had to have them, um, you know I just think that's been if you like this the 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 story of the season going back to the season opener against the Bears that the Packers won ten three, you know the the number of key plays that were made when they had to have them when they had to make the stops they made them, and and, and as you say Steve I think there's a lot of um, I don't know what the word is. It's, it's a certain, it's a culture, it's a, it's a belief, what, what it, whatever it is that can that can overcome adversity and and you know if this is the worst thirteen and three team in NFL history, which I don't believe, but so be it. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? And and surely that can only bode well for the future, can't it? If you can be thirteen and three and not be very good, then. What's your record going to be when you are really good? Mm. Well, it all comes down to close games. I remember at the Atlanta Falcons a couple of seasons ago, they came off like an MVP performance and then they just went down the swanny. Um, and the thing is, is it was something like they were they were losing games by three to seven points at like 10 games or something. So it, they could have been, uh, you know, 12, 13 win team. Um, but he ended up being absolute pants. But come here, I want to talk to you about something that you had said. And I remember there was a conversation between you and Andy Davies where you would sort of say, you believe this is the team of destiny. If we were to add somebody mid-season or during the season that would contribute, is Tyler Irvin that guy for you? Is this the team of destiny, Pete? <laughs> well, I mean, you, know, you wouldn't... When, when, you know, when they picked him up, four or five weeks ago, whenever it was, it, you know, he, you wouldn't have immediately thought, yeah, that's the guy that can, that yeah. can make the difference. But yeah. he immediately came in and, 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 and provided a spark. You know, they clearly like the fact that he gives them something out of the backfield or lining up in the slot as well. And, and you just, you just never know, do you? You just, you know, you've already got a team that's got a really good record and all of a sudden you've just added something, something to it. And you, you never know. And, yeah, he could be the guy with a punt return or a kickoff return next weekend that makes that makes all the difference. You just you just never know, but he's certainly added something to this team in the last in the last four or five weeks. It just looks like a dynamic player, doesn't he? He looks like he looks like on any on it on any given play, mm. you know, even if it turns out to be just a four yard punt return or a two yard punt return or a seven yard you, you get the feeling every time he touches the ball that something could happen. Yeah, I don't get the whole, you know, where some people are like, oh, there's probably a fumble coming here. You know, I don't get that with Swerve and Irvin. And here's his stats. 12.5 yards per carry. I mean, now it's two carries and it was a long of 18, but I'll just, let's say we're going to use stats in this podcast from now on. It's 12.5 yards per carry. He's the second leading rusher in that game. Um, right, so before we get into Clown of the Week, this was the runner-up Clown of the Week. 
and it was the call by the refs. Well, there was two sort of controversial calls, right, which we want to go and give a kick in the nappy right here. Um, the first one was, it was the tackle where Hollister, which is obviously a clothing brand, and he should not be a real person who actually plays football. But anyway, but I do digress, right? So there was a tackle on him. Um, he sort of spears himself into the ground and drops the ball. And then Shannon Sullivan comes up with it, um, clearly. I think clearly. And he hands the ball back to the ref, but then they overturn it because there was no clear angle of him recovering it. Pete, yep. uh, BS rule, do you agree with it? Is it something that you lose uh, sleep over? Well, I, it's one of those that when it happened, I was shouting at the TV saying that's a fumble, but don't challenge it. Mm. Because the, the camera angles of the recovery were never clear. And, and it all got to be a problem because the the lino or whoever it was running in you know called that play called that play down i don't think the guys on the field then took any particular notice about who who actually recovered the ball yeah because they were already calling it down and yeah sullivan appeared to clearly recover it and certainly he handed the ball to the, <laughs> to the ref, the ref after, bro. <laughs> uh, after, afterwards but it was one of those that it's a it's a damn annoying thing but i can hand on heart say I didn't think it would be overturned um, just because just because of that damn recovery thing yeah well do you know what the, it's like VAR in football I think the instant replays the sole purpose of instant replays by and large are to show clearly what the call should have been while the refs just stick with what they call on the field. I think that's the purpose of it, is to just show you the correct call when they're calling the wrong one. But um, I'm going <laughs> to hit you with a bit of um, Clown of the Week uh, because I think this needs to be said. I think John Madden once said two cheeks equals one hand. I don't know. That's not Clown of the Week. I just wanted to play it anyway because it needs to be played once a week. But here we go, Clown why? of the Week. Because, because I was just thinking, why? Because Troy Aikman's just permanently your Clown of the Week. Or... <laughs> it's just his voice through the on just anything okay. he says. Like, good morning, you know. Uh, but... The thing that worries me about Clown of the Week is, is one week I'm expecting that music to come on, followed by... Um, a quote of mine from a previous podcast that you've pulled out and, and, and played back to me. I'm just, I'm just fearing that's bound to happen one week. As if you would ever say anything wrong, Pete. Do you know what might happen though? Because this is, this is something that happens, right? Especially when um, you run a big group like the UK Packers. This happens a lot. So I go to meetups, and um, obviously I have strong opinions because he, I'm Irish, um, and also I'm unique as a person, and I'm, and we're all individual. Um, so I'd go to a meetup and like, I don't know how many followers are on the account, like 12,000 or something, right? And there's loads of on Instagram and, and Facebook and all this. And there's so much, so many notifications flying around. You don't see all of it. And it's sort of, it stands out to me that if you're a famous person or even if you have like 200,000 followers, um, you know, you don't see what, uh, you know, some of the stuff that people are saying. And even more so, some people expect, so that here's the quote they'll say, they say, "Oh, did you see my um? Did you see my tweet yesterday about thing?" And I'd be like, "Oh no, sorry, I didn't see it." And it's not out of ignorance that I'm like, oh, "I don't want to care. I don't care what you say." There's just so much going on on the timeline for everybody, really, because everyone follows a lot of people. But particularly when you know we sort of dip our toe on so much social media stuff. So like they'll they'll say, "Oh, did you see the thing?" Because obviously everybody like I do the same. Like when you're in your own world, you are the center of your universe. So you think that what you say goes out there and everybody sees it and they have an opinion on it and all this. Most of the time, actually, 
you could be walking down the street in a, in a pink jumpsuit uh, with bunny ears on and on fire and like you probably 90% have of the people been, aren't even have <laughs> you been watching me today now? I have I've had, <laughs> I have the, the there's a camera outside your house and I tune in and I see what's going on and it's weird Pete <laughs> that whole fire bunny suit thing it's um it's interesting but like I mean the thing is it's like anything else like you, you know you you don't gel your hair the right way and you think oh, I look like an idiot like honestly 95% of people don't care you know what I mean and they don't even notice and that's the thing about is this I'm probably what will end up happening is is I will go oh this guy's a tool because this is what he said and it's going to be someone that I know or someone that I really like or it could be one of my tweets <laughs> that I've and I've realised just how silly I have been and it could be you know what I mean because I'm scared that sometimes in pre-production that me and you'll be talking I was like oh, someone said this I don't know who it was and you were like yeah Steve I actually um, I wrote that uh, <laughs> it could happen could happen what can i say and we're gonna have some argy bargy of it but a bit of insight as well it was funny me and you were on pre-production weren't we and we were talking about organizing quick snaps for later in the week <laughs> we said quick snaps and the two of us start going <laughs> like talk about being brainwashed maybe some people out there when they're listening to the show do the same thing but there we go oh pete is, apart from yellow weasel is there anything else you want to talk about um in this podcast about the game somebody's gonna ask me to explain that aren't they yeah explain um, to pete in depth, I want a full five minute blowout on this thing. I can, I can. Can you? I thought you were going to go into a diatribe there about what a uh, yellow was. <laughs> Whatever it was, <laughs> no, it didn't work. Wasn't, wasn't sure whether I was going to send everybody to sleep. <laughs> so, 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 no, actually, it's quite, it's quite simple. So, so, yellow in essence is is a is a formation. So, if you think of the the eye formation with the fullback lined up in front of the tail in ta- front of the tailback. Mm. The yellow sets the fullback off to one side or the other, so you get the offset eye. So yeah. as soon as you call yellow formation, that's that's what he's calling. And weasel is a is basically you're setting the the fullback off to the weak side. That's the W in weasel, and it's a, it's a weak side it's a weak side run with the fullback with the fullback lead blocking. That's that's all that is. And and if you actually watch the middle linebacker of the of the Seahawks, they they. They they picked that out straight away. Yeah. As soon as soon as he as soon as he um audible to that. Now whether that was a real audible, whether that was just something that they had in there but were never gonna do it anyway. You know, mm. you don't know whether that's real stuff that they're calling or whether you know, because he'll switch from that to something else, you don't really know. But that's in two minutes, that's what Yellow Weasel is. It's a week it's a weak side run from um, you know, an offset eye formation. Well, here's the here's the theory, right, <laughs> that I've just come up with right now, is that I guarantee you, right, so they ran the yellow weasel, as you said, as it was called, I guarantee you, right, Super Bowl, Packers make it, they call yellow weasel, and they don't run the play, and they run, you know, something completely wild, and um, they fall for it, because they're like, oh yeah, we saw them do this play, actually, um, in that game. So that's probably what's going to happen, that's, that's the one that's going to win the Super Bowl, I'm just going to book it here, but we're going to have quick snaps, um, on Wednesday coming out Wednesday quick, quick snaps Jesus Christ <laughs> <I just, laughs> it's probably the dogs in the background are doing it at this stage it's like yep here we go gonna flick these paws um, we're gonna have quick snaps so we won't get into the San Fran game uh, too much but um, yeah I don't think I have anything else to say in the game. it's just it was a fascinating game and it's definitely gonna be on um, America's game um, you know for sure, uh, when they when they look into it, and this team just ended up getting it done when we needed to get it done, you know, and Jimmy Graham yeah. having a good day, and that's all just worked out. I'll pan out. It was it, it was it was wonderful, and 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 the way the game turned out in the end with the Seahawks coming back, but the Packers making the play made it even better somehow. 
Yeah. You know, um, and, you know, there's lots of, lots of emotion amongst, clearly amongst the players, but amongst all of us fans, you know, lots of happiness and, and um, the odd tear here and there of, of joy. It's just, it's, it's just, it's just wonderful. And, um, you know, we go to the NFC championship game, just, it's just great. It really just really is. There are just, just, just not that many words to, or too many words to describe how you, how you feel, but it's just, a, it's just a great place to be. Yeah. And maybe what might be able to sum it up is if we just take a quick listen to the post-match um, rallying speech by Matt LaFleur. I think John Madden once said two cheeks equals one hand. I don't, I don't have the quote. I just wanted to play that again. Um, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> If that never happens to me, make sure they play that right when they're lowering me down. Um, <laughs> and here's some last words that Steve wanted to play. Drew Cheeks is people of one hand. If you can get them there to do it live, it'd be phenomenal. Oh God, don't Sticks let that happen to me because yep. someone will yep. do that. <laughs> it'll, it'll go on your gravestone too, probably. <laughs> In quotations, Two Cheeks, Troy Aikman. Who's buried here, Troy Aikman? No, it's actually a guy called Stephen O'Brien. <laughs> and you know, no one at the funeral will realise anything about it because I don't watch football so I'd be like that was a really weird quote I think it was about arses but um, yeah anyway he was a weird guy Um, yeah that's re- that's a really grim note to end it on dear Jesus um, <laughs> <laughs> my own death do I edit it out probs not it's, it's gonna get some funnies Um, so yeah that's it so I have been at Steve oh yeah I uploaded a video to YouTube it was very ad hoc Um, we were asked by Gridiron Magazine to do some stuff so I sat down and did four points and it's, it sounds like Pete as well. I certainly did a better job than the PFF guys because they are getting an absolute rinsing online. <laughs> oh, man. There's two people who are going to get some P45 action in the post. Uh, yes, that, that has given me a good chuckle today. Yeah, it's going to be cool. I think their next video is just them being sacked on air. I just think it's them going, well, defense doesn't win championships and then someone just coming in and saying, come on, get out. Give me the microphone. Get the hell out of here. Leave your laptop. Don't say bye to anybody. Come on, you're a disgrace. Yeah, they got an absolute rinsing. But hey, that's what happens. But it's one of those things, right, that there's probably there's 7 billion people doing some hot take out there. You know, some that's why we sort of stick away from hot takes because more likely than not, they're just like hot garbage, really. Um, but well, yeah. To, yeah, I mean, no, you're right. And, and to, to a degree, you have to have some admiration for people that are prepared to put put a point of view before it actually happens out there. Yeah, good, bad, or in, good, bad, or indifferent, because we're all we're all experts after the fact. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you look back at it now, going, "Oh, I'm so silly." But the amount of times I've been on the goddamn radio saying, "Nope, this is a lock for this week," you know, and then all of a sudden you end up getting egg on your face. I've got to go back on the radio Saturday, Pete, and explain so, what, why the Titans do what they do. Well, I was going to say, so it sounds like some of your radio takes should be clown of the week. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not going to clown myself, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And, and those those things aren't recorded, so yippee. I've often said to them, like, is he's going to do a podcast and they don't, which is blessing in the skies. But no, the thing is, who saw the Titans coming? Don't say you, Pete, or I'm cutting. I'm just no. cutting you off. I'm cutting the mic off and I'm throwing it out the window and I'm going to take Ryan back out of the cupboard Put him down and. Um, no, I was hopeful because I was just rooting for the uh, rooting for the underdog. But no, I didn't 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 see that coming. Well, that's going to work out because the Packers being the underdog against San Fran, we're seven and a half points underdogs. I, oh, God damn it! I know I said we wouldn't do it and talk about the game, but let's just end it here. <laughs> let's literally give ourselves thirty seconds. How amazing is it, right? Is that we're going to go into this game against San Fran with all of the pressure literally being on them? We're going to march into their house, and if we cause an upset. 
which is what it will be classed as. Obviously, we don't think that because the Packers are amazing and, you know, we wouldn't want them to take the easy route either. I mean, why would the Vikings win that game? Is that we go in as underdogs, seven and a half point underdogs and the pressure is completely off. Is that not the absolute best way to completely let loose? Yeah, abs- ab- ab- absolutely. And I, and I, 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 I just think after this past weekend and, and the performances of those players that we've mentioned multiple times on this podcast, it just gives you a lot of hope. Mm. Yep. Uh, Aaron Rodgers going into his stride. Devontae Adams yep. going into his stride. Jimmy Graham finding his hands. Yep. Um, Tyler <laughs> Irvin, like, you know, 12 and a half point per carry. I That's mean, it. see the guy's unstoppable. Um, so, yeah, I guess we. Uh, I tried to end it a while ago, but, you know, me and you do what me, what me and you do. So, I've been at NFL on Twitter. I'm the Paddy Packer on Instagram. <laughs> we'll be back for Chris. That's Pete, uh, the jazz uh, hands guy. Um, so he's at ITH. And follow the groups at UK Packers on Instagram, Facebook. There's a private group on Facebook. Dear God, I should just record an ending, shouldn't I? And just play the ending. And then we just say, see you or peace at the end of it. But anyway, there it is. Talk to you Wednesday, boys, girls. <laughs>